never wonder what's up there. the street is that linus tech tip visits the cheese room <laughs> this is a new rumor <laughs> he, he, he i heard that too cheese room. <laughs> what a crossover <laughs> man you're just really mixed matching headlines there. i love it I, b- I believe that singular words were used in each each issue so you know it all <laughs> it all gels real well and we're gonna we're gonna test out the performance of each problem <laughs> And if we don't like the performance of the problem, we'll just not steal it, but auction it. We'll dislike it on YouTube. I think auctioning it got outlawed a long time ago. No, no, we can we can auction it, and then we'll just ignore the company that made it. Yo, okay, this is the most. <laughs> this, okay, okay, I, I gotta. I want to make sure I word this like the most. I'm gonna say this is the most hood thing ever to get a, to get something from somebody and be like, "Yo, this is shit," and then to sell it, not sell, sell it at, auction. auction, auction. They're very prissy about that word, probably due to the legality of it. To be honest, yup. <laughs> So they auction off this prototype, and then after they get caught, they're like, "No, no, we we handled it behind the scenes. We're gonna send them some some cash." And then for them to come out and be like, "Uh, no, not that ain't ever the record. Nobody told us the cash was coming." And they were like, "Oh, we left you off the email." The most important person don't, to know. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget between those events, the whole blame everybody but themselves. They blamed the people who caught them. They blamed the company that made the product. They blamed their viewers. <laughs> they blamed everybody except themselves. And then they got mad because it's uh, because they got caught. They did the whole why you check in my phone <laughs> excuse <laughs> to Gamers Nexus. It was like, no bullshit. Oh, you should have told me about these issues. And it's like, bro, what? So that way you can hide them more than you already are? Like, look how you got caught. Look how you handled it. He already, it. Does, that. He what already would it? does that neck thing, too. So, like, I could definitely see him being like, God. God. It's funny because... uh I was I was taking screenshots of all of our other chats of like us talking shit about, about Linus and sending them and being like we called this shit dude's a fucking piece of shit knew it oh. and now so much more shit is coming out to light about him and uh, what was the word we discovered about my how I'm feeling about the whole thing because it was there was a specific word we found that describes. How I feel about it. Is this it. the word that you were still trying to figure out before the show? <laughs> no, oh. no, no. We figure. I sent you that word. I, I, I sent you that word. 
It's the um. It's either in America. Shadenfreude. Cal- oh, and now it's Shadenfreude. I thought it was the uh, other one, the cousin of Calabunga. No, <laughs> no. So Schadenfreude or Schadenfreude. I'm not sure. I don't speak German. That one's when you're taking pleasure in somebody else's like downfall. <laughs> Cummerspeck is <laughs> Calabunga's cousin. <laughs> is the weight a person gains during a period of overeating due to unhappiness, depression, grief, or other emotional conditions? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it literally translates to grief bacon. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me last week. That that's why literally... I sent it to you. Oh and that's why I kept saying god. that word. <laughs> well, haven't we all been a little bit of both though? We have. Fuck you, Altier. <laughs> what the fuck? I hit you with the yeah. rail, baby. Oh, man. Yeah, but, uh, boy, what a time to not be them. That's <laughs> all oh I got to say. It is, it is so interesting. They've, they've, been, they, they've been in hot water for a few months now. Good. They've been in hot water since they were claiming, like, making a defense that everybody should be, like, anti-union. Oh, that's like Stephen Amell talking shit about the strike. <laughs> yeah. There was, he, he was talking shit, saying, like, oh, if you everybody should be anti-union. Because if, if, if a place is pro-union, that means your management is shit. And I just want to, like, it aged like fucking milk. Look at it today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, overworked sexual harassment accusations theft slash auctioning however you want to do it blatant lying which scam he got called out i found out like another dude a small youtuber just pointed out that he called him out for like a different kind of thing similar situation but different like called him out for years ago and like he got in a huge twitter battle with him over it i saw that one i was reading about that one yesterday yeah, so, like, this has been, like, a reoccurring thing. And then the dude is just such a fucking scumbag and pulls the whole, like, gets angry at everybody else. And when it doesn't work, he cries and makes himself the victim. And I just hate little pussies like that. Oh, you got to remember, Brandon, Excuse it's me. not Twitter anymore. It's X. It's X. My We're be. X-Men now. Excuse him, Juan Manmazel. We're X-Men now, remember. Nope, still man. Here, I'm not X. But it sucks to be you, then. Yeah. It really does, actually. It's 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 really rough. You guys don't understand how hard it is for me to manage this company. And, you know, of course I'm going to make mistakes. Oh, it's my just, God. What a fucking... <laughs> God, I hate that fucking guy. I'm so happy he's failing, is all I got to say. Like, I'm so happy. Sucks for the rest of the employees. I just want to point it there. It sounds like they have an actual shitty fucking life. Like, I feel terrible for them. And I feel even shittier being, like... Like, I'm happy he's failing, but I feel bad at the same time that, like, his employees are literally working to death <laughs> to make him successful and being treated like that. And now, like, the backlash is going to cause, you know, some sort of monetary devaluation of, of the area. So their jobs are now on the line for his scumbag fucking practices. So that makes me hate him even more. Damn, he better watch his prison pocket. Dog, I'm... Mm. Mm. I hate him. <laughs> That's all oh I gotta God. say. <laughs> Bro, did like Linus take tips like just like, mug you in the streets one day? No, I just hate his... I, so, I'm not gonna lie, it all started just because I didn't like his voice. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> and 
<laughs> like that's that's how it started. That's and then right. I looked for reasons to hate him. And then it just more and more things kept happening to make him hate him more. I'm being honest, like objectively, like that's how it started. You know what's funny? How all this came to light after like everything that we were talking about today. Everything came to light after the Alabama dock fight. Like it just. <laughs> All these things just started sprucing up out of nowhere, and, and like pe- people are ending stuff, people are starting stuff on one side. It's like, what is happening? It's so good. Oh it's God. so good to be to be a a human, just watching, seeing everything happening. It's just, I love it. We are getting closer to the season finale of Earth for this year. I'm telling you, man, Aliens. That's next season. It's happening. I don't, I don't care about Aliens. No, they're, dude, they're teasing that for the next spinoff. You know that. Yeah, it's going to be a spinoff, so 100%. That's a spinoff right there. Then, then it's not going to be part of this series. Believe it or not, there will be some returning characters. Oh, I heard... All the lizard people. I heard... I heard, oh, oh. I heard Big T is 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 recasted. Yeah, he got a recast. But they're they're replaying um the last the last two seasons of his court cases. It's, it's very lazy writing. <laughs> I mean, they're all on strike. It is yo. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. If they weren't on strike, that's how we would know it's lazy writing. Because right now AI stories are coming out, and they're not bad. They're better than what's been made. Some the of them. Years. Some of them. I'm only half joking. <laughs> I'm halfway serious. I Lord. Seven thousand dollars a month. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, man, it it's a very it's a very it's a very interesting season finale we're getting into. Yeah. I just have a feeling I'm I better I'm so out of touch with reality as I am. Don't give me money. Just seeing how everybody else with money is out of touch. Don't give me money. I just <laughs> I'm already disassociated. I just enough. think of you as a local pastor, and not even shake your hand. You're good. There you go. Perfect. Ooh, good lord, <laughs> yo. I don't shake anybody's head. All right, Sam. No, I shake their feet. Oh, Jesus. Really sends them over. He's one of those guys. Someone called it. Someone called it a tipping point. The episode is (laughs) over. We're not even recording. This is the episode. That is. Oh, oh, I'm not even. I'm not even drinking. It's just like, you know, you, 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 you know, someone for a little while and then you find out like, oh, wow, you're that kind of guy. But this has been happening almost every recording now. It's starting to get. (laughs) Who with me? He's he's a dad jokes, man. Always new things. He's, He's got two. Oh man, we lost them. Sorry, boys. Hey, but you know, you know what finale is happening tonight? Thank God, all of Halo <laughs> ends tonight. All of it. Don't, 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 don't play with my emotions. <laughs> all of it. This is the last episode of Halo. Period. You can trust me. I'm the CEO of a company. Oh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on unions? <laughs> oh, Fucking okay, personally, if you have a union. You're kind of a scumbag. You should probably reevaluate how much of a piece of shit you are if you're pro-union. If you have a problem with it, you can talk to my wife who runs HR. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure that will go well. Bro, you're going to have every union coming after us. <laughs> oh, no, that was Linus. That was his no bullshit. Like, the oh, people who were causing playing. these issues. Yeah, his wife runs HR. Well, ran no longer because they conveniently changed it. So now they can sue people who say she does. But um, 
Yeah, she was the uh, the head of HR there for like the entirety of it. And that's not a conflict of interest. Oh, one hundred percent is. And he's anti union on top of it. So you have nobody to protect you. Not only that, but then in their corporate structure, allegedly, this is an allegation. This isn't real. This following part. Um, they're like, if you had an issue, you first went to the person you had an issue with directly. <laughs> alone <laughs> so if you're getting harassed bring your your harasser to an isolated area <laughs> and then, if that doesn't work for you you then go to the ceo of the company <laughs> if that doesn't work for you you then go to your supervisor and if that didn't work for you then you went to H, uh, hr bro didn't i thought they told her <laughs> go have a coffee with him yeah or that like all to- yeah that was step one <laughs> Yeah, That's oh yo, Jesus. This is an actual quote. I'm like, yo, I'm like, you looking for a lot of heat right now. No, that's what yo. I still have to say allegedly, because I haven't seen any documentation. Right. I haven't seen any documentation that says that. But there are a lot of people who used to work there spamming that that's that's how like the structure was for like issues in the workplace. But of course, I haven't verified any of those people of actually working there. Uh, I haven't seen any documents, so I have to say allegedly. Everything else I've said has been from their own mouths. <laughs> but that part, haven't heard that. You can't fight facts. You can't fight facts. I mean, you can. Fight. Well, it's like the fire with fire, facts with fire. Anyway. Yeah, anywho. Anyway. Good lord, man! That has been uh, thirteen. That was only thirteen minutes. Yeah, all Linus. Holy fuck! That's about normal. Yeah, not the timeline. Just how much of Linus we talked about per episode. (laughs) Bro, Linus is going to challenge you to like a jujitsu battle. And I am not even remotely worried. Would that would that even redeem him? I'm not even that. I'm not that fucking worried. Him fighting a thousand fans in the Coliseum, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the strongest lioness fan against our weakest YML fan. Man. <laughs> so wait, how do how are gonna be how do you, right? Yeah. Good luck. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, so if you. We're in a let's say it's a it's a four v not a four v four it's a it's a all it's a free for all four okay. people it's you yes Marquise Brownie done unbox therapy and and Linus Tech Tips yes. can you beat all three of them Ooh I can beat Linus unbox therapy is a unbox, hard fight un, <laughs> un, un, yeah unbox gonna be Lou Lou is is he's tough man. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's real good. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if I got it in me. He's, I feel like Marquise he, is like the, the, he's Cana- the quiet. He's Canadian too, man. Not Canadian. Oh, no. So, Unbox yeah, Therapy man. might be looking. <laughs> I say Marquise Brownie is like the, the sleeper. You don't know if he will or he won't. Yeah, I don't. That one's worrisome. I know. You know, I don't even think I should go for Linus. I think. <laughs> I think I should let. The, I don't know who they're gonna have more of a problem with. I don't know, man. That's a hard one. <laughs> I know I can <laughs> take half. <laughs> I know I can take. I know I can take Linus, and I know I can take myself. I don't. I don't know about the other two. <laughs> so I take fifty percent. <laughs> How about you, Clean? What you got? 
Clean like I don't want none of that. <laughs> I don't want any bit of it. <laughs> Clean's like, yo, I actually run my Twitter. <laughs> I don't want any of this fucking beef. <laughs> they'll come they'll come find me. <laughs> they can come find me, but I don't know. The only thing I got is a cupcake in my hand, so like legitimately. <laughs> this whole shit that's been going on is too much. It's too much. I'm if this is season one, season two, the setup is perfect. Who was that guy um, that ran that uh, PC building company? He wore that fucking stupid ass jacket. Who the hell are you talking about? Yeah, for real. Um, I've never. You're going to have to describe this jacket. Artesian builds. I'm unfamiliar with that. You don't know about the Artesian build scandal? Oh, yeah. The Artesian build scandal. Is one that you need to look into. Okay. I will write that down. Well, because the joke's not going to land if you don't know anything about it. It was a big ass scandal. Like it took over like everything. Twitch, um, Twitter. It, it was fucking everywhere. I'm... Oh yeah, yo! Yeah, yo. you've seen this. You've seen this, right? You it know the douchebag I'm talking about. Like you've seen this. It's is there um, a documentary oh. that's all about that I would be familiar with? Kind of. Uh, no, not an official one. It's a, like a recent thing. A gamers Nexus did like a deep dive mm-hmm. of it. I'm yeah, I'm, a, I'm about to I'm about to put it in the chat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but um, it's kind of the same shit. <laughs> That's why they put a photo of my man with Linus. I'm like, oh, this I did now that. Makes That's sense. my that meme, you. not they. Oh. I made that meme. <laughs> <laughs> my man whoa, whoa, whoa! You, Brandon, you can't be telling everybody your secret identity as the meme king. What are you doing <laughs> here? That's supposed to be That's the, the first meme I've made in like five years. <laughs> oh, out of retirement, my man put the hentai down just for a moment. <laughs> did I send that to you? I don't. I know I sent it to Ken Dog. I'll throw it in the group chat or in the host chat. But yeah, man, you got to look at that shit. It's fucking crazy. And to me, Linus is the same as that douchebag who ran Artesian builds. Yeah, no, that looks interesting. I like I like a good scandal, especially when it has to do with something so big and I don't, money's involved, and then somehow drugs and death happen somewhere in the middle of there. <laughs> Like the McCa- like like the McAfee documentary. I haven't. What is that's a thing? Is it like a real thing or is yeah. it like that half-assed no, Netflix, one? Netflix has a. Oh, I'm done. Oh, is that, is that the half-assed one? Oh no, it's just anything that any documentary I've seen come out of Netflix has always been half-assed. Like there, um, who was the one? The last one I watched because I keep trying to watch Netflix documentaries and they always end up being garbage. Because they started good way back in the day. Netflix had the best fucking documentaries. All of them were fantastic. And then they just slowly, like, stopped being good and were just, like, you could get the same amount of information from a YouTuber. Like, there was no difference, nothing to watch. And then the last one I watched was um, The Night Stalker. Oh, yeah, that one was good. And that one was terrible. I'm saying, like, like, like knowing about it, like, was was good to know. Oh, knowing... Yeah, but I mean, like, it was such a half-ass. Like they, it, they, they didn't use half of the information. They definitely like romanticized um, his capture in a way that did not happen. Interesting. That's like, well, they, they yeah, uh... they made it sound like um, it was good old cop work that caught the Night Stalker, and it's like, no, it was a bunch of pissed off civilians. <laughs> 
yeah, that's <laughs> like as he was running. You know, it's interesting too because, like, you know, have you ever seen? I haven't seen it yet, but there's the documentary, the Gilgo Beach Murders, right? I have not seen. So it. they just caught the guy like 13 years later, and, oh, and I think Netflix is gonna like do a like a sequel to the documentary. I mean, they should. How'd they catch him? Was it another one of those? It's um... actually kind of crazy. They they found it. So, like, the women that he's killed has been have been dead for years. And on the dead body, they ran DNA on the hair that was on it. And it was his wife's hair. Get the fuck oh, out. Oh, yeah. It's fucking crazy, bro. And, and. Oh, yeah, dude, man. He might have bodies here in South Carolina. Yep. No yep. shit. And Atlantic City, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, they said that, like, anybody who worked with him or, like, they knew the family, they're like, yo, they just odd. That's the first time I've ever heard anyone go, God, God I couldn't believe how they were so normal. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, yo, they're fucking weird since I've known <laughs> the whole family. <laughs> I always knew they were up to some shit. It was just the type of shit. Didn't know if it was horse shit, bullshit, cow shit. Knew they were up to some shit, though. Yeah, we talked 20 minutes about Linus Detectives. No, we threw a couple serial killers in there. Okay, all right, to be fair, all right. Some, <laughs> some, some, some... <laughs> oh, man, evened it out, right? <laughs> he murdered He murdered his YouTube channel. He murdered people, so... <laughs> oh, my theme. God. The episode's theme. We don't even have a YouTube channel to get Man, oh yeah, because we would be canceled so quick. Oh <laughs> yeah, like episode six, <laughs> we'd be off YouTube. We'd be on Rumble. <laughs> We're going to oh, Rumble. <laughs> there are so many Linus Tech Tip fans, like diehards, that uh, we'll never make it anywhere now. <laughs> Once we hit like a couple thousand people, they'll swarm in and be like, "Remember when you talked bad about my saved your Linus?" And yeah, it'll just be a whole thing. Oh, wait till they see the computer build off. <laughs> oh my god! Trouble. Oh my god! Well, the first problem they're going to have is that none of our parts will be given to us by companies, and we'll actually have to buy them. So that's going to be that's going to be a challenge to get over. Money, the root of all <laughs> evil. <laughs> money, money, money. Or that we're we're not multi millionaires. <laughs> that's also going to be hard for them to get over. Yet, <laughs> just you wait. Hey. I really don't know how to explain to you that our chances of being multimillionaires is really slim. It's not zero. I'll give you that. It's not zero. Brandon, to be fair, I think the 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 fact that I've made it past the age of eight of like twenty one, <laughs> everything else is extra at this point. Fair <laughs> shit, you could have fooled me. I don't know, clean. You live in the high life, baby. You out here buying games. Running mm-hmm. companies, I think, I, I think, I think you're doing it, brother. Yeah, I think Clean's actually low key the most successful one out of the three. I found, <laughs> yeah. I, I found the key, my friends. I have found the key. Is it, oh, play is that it cocaine? CBS, here I come. My man's gonna take over for uh, who's, who's running? Who's running that that network right now? Clean Laura Miano. Clean BS. <laughs> yo, hey, anything is possible, yo. Anything is possible. Tyler Perry almost bought BET, so I could see it being clean BS. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> Y'all, this this is the, it is the season finale of Halo. 
for this book. For this, well, it's the season finale for for Halo in this era. There you go. I we are in the mountains of despair. By the way, that is the location. You know what's funny? You know, how many? We've been doing this for like what four, five, six months at this point. Almost a year. Is what it feels like. Uh, yeah, I don't. We've been here for a while. Yeah, it's still June seventh in the book. All of all of this that has happened has all occurred in one fucking day. This is all in one day for John and his team. To set the scene as it picks up like this, boys. Petrov and the castaways, they're Boo. on their way back to the Whitley. Here's the thing. They are all in three spiders. The spiders remove their coal bins. And Petrov is riding in Roselle's spider. And that's what's going on with them. But now we're going to pick up with... <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's all you get. Now we pick up with John, the real main focus of the chapter. Blue team and first platoon had mounted up to pursue the enemy down the mountain and recover whatever it was that they had captured. The aliens had a 20 minute head start, but they were hot, tired and on foot. The Umbra would catch them. Probably. John had to make a conscious effort to look over the dust curtain instead of into it. But when he did, he had a decent view of the searing landscape below where there was an ever broadening Band of jade green refraction shimmer at the bottom of the chute. Beyond it stretched the vast blue blur of the Mirage Basin. At the near edge rested a long, unidentifiable gray smudge. Magnifying the image only blurred the object beyond recognition. But there could be little doubt that it was the lucky break waiting to extract the alien raiding party. John and his team are on the way to capture Nazat. And he can clearly see that the that Nazat had them land the lucky break inside the gorge into this basin. John right now is thinking, can we still take the ship? That is a fantasy. There is no way John is going to be able to take that ship because he realizes the following. They have no hope in surprising the enemy. If they somehow miraculously managed to take over the lucky break, he didn't know how to fly it. The Whitley, still capable to fly, could salvage the ship, but they didn't have no more protective guns. Nazat and his snipers took care of that. So even if they were to pick up the lucky break and fly off into orbit, they would easily get swarmed and shot down. And then lastly, if they decided to go with the plan of the Whitley, by the time the Whitley was good to go to pick them up, the Covenant would have complete orbital supremacy. So, John had to face it. Blue Team's attempt to capture the Lucky Break was a complete bust, and any effort to save the Operation Dow would only push the mission from bad to disaster. John is being petty, and the only mission objective, or the only way to really measure their success was, was to deny the Covenant their success. And if he was lucky, he'd figure out what exactly that meant. But as John is like pondering all these things, he notices colorful streaks shooting through like the, the canopy or the sky through the brown dust of Netarot. And when he notices the colorful streaks, he knows that that means Task Force Pantia. They already sent the extraction team over to Petrov that she requested just as Blue Team and uh, first platoon pulled out 
So that means that their timetable just got tighter. So John kind of starts calculating. He starts setting the scene. So he knows if the extraction team is coming, the Pantia is sending four Pelicans. They'll arrive at the Whitley in 30 minutes. And then once they clear everybody from the Whitley, it's an automatic self-destruct. So he needed to figure out how to make sure that they saved the Pelican for him in, in first platoon. But he didn't want to get on comms because he was worried that if he jumped on and be like, hey, save me a ride. I got five on it. The Covenant would hit them with an airstrike. So to solve the issue, he pre-recorded a message for an extraction of his Mjolnir armor, and it was set to automatically go in 15 minutes. There is nothing that armor can't do. I'm pretty sure that shit can do taxes, can fix your plumbing. Like it's the the capabilities of this of that suit on this planet have been ridiculous. As John prepares all these things for for the mission, he starts he starts going back to surveil the area, right? Because the more and more the Umbra's pushing into this basin, the more and more they're getting into the general area where a lot of the uh, the orbital fighting is going on. And at this point, he's starting to see a bunch of like ships falling out of the sky, explosions in the can in the in the sky and the canopy, and he's realizing that even though Kelly's pushing the Umbra like to zero to sixty, it's not drawing a lot of attention. But that'll that'll change once they're in it. At that point, he then radios the lieutenant that was rolling with Petrov. He lets her know like, hey. We have enemy fighters in the area. Be be ready to evacuate on my call. And she lets him know right then and there, like, hey, my team isn't green. We know what to do. Yes, ma'am. John understood her subtext. The passengers of most vehicles destroyed by air assault never even saw the attack coming. So most officers chose not to remind them how vulnerable they were. But most vehicles weren't crewed by Spartans. Just be ready. I have a good field of view, so we should have a few seconds to clear the umbra if we need to. Good to know. And the reason why I read this quote is just for this one part. Thanks, Master Chief. At this point of the book, we start we start hearing them drop the the, like the iconic future legendary name. Say it again, clean. It'll be in like a cool tattoo with like Master Chief waving. Thanks, Master Chief. <laughs> anime style your, your cortana is in another castle <laughs> that's actually really dope actually Yo, that's a you me and lord t-shirt that reminded me <laughs> <laughs> it's a different castle well they killed cortana microsoft officially killed her well yeah she was fantastic more more, in more ways than one no but they got rid of her voice from freaking windows so it's gone forever I hate, I, I hate the future. I, I want to go back. I want to go back. Sorry, Where's boys. Windows XP when you need it? <sighs> when it didn't talk back. Don't say her name. <laughs> Don't say her name. I miss her. <laughs> the good old days. This is a tech-heavy episode. At this point, y'all, the Umbra has gotten a little bit closer to the to the basin, and they're kind of passing where Linda was, where like the landslide happened, where she picked up the crew of the Whitley and all that after their big fight or they their sham fight with Nazat's crew. A couple moments ago, we talked about how 
John kept seeing this green jade shimmer in like the dark, misty, dusty clouds of like Netherop. Well, come to find out the green shimmer is actually a giant wall of thorny, spiny succulents. And to John and his crew, they look impenetrable and they actually came out from when this landslide occurred. Kelly at this point starts looking at John and is like, what's the game plan? Do you want me to push through the Umbra or should we disembark and go on foot? John looks at the area and he realizes this is a problem for us. So if it's a problem for us, it's a problem for the elites. So that's perfect. From there, he keeps surveilling the area and he notices just a little bit toward the end of the of the landslide. There's four tunnels there. There's four tunnels. They're about five meters apart with two on each side of each other. Kind of like a choose your own adventure tunnel where it's like not sure where they all meet up, but you got to pick one. I love those. I never got to read one as a child. That's a regret of mine. (gasps) Not too late, dude. BG three. That is much as my adventure. You're only twenty four, you man. You got this. It's plenty of time. And a half. Twenty four and a half. Good lord, my my knees just cracked. That was a long time ago, boys. That was a different life. It may as well have been, to be honest. It's <laughs> a whole different life. <laughs> Yo, me and you weren't even talking when I was twenty four. Were we not? No, man, we didn't reconnect till after I got out of college. You were deep in your military you get, career. When did you get out of college? When did you go to college? No, my bad. That was two years after. We did reconnect. <laughs> I'm lying. You're right. Okay. Whoops. I was like, dude, I was, I was like, like I... <laughs> I was like doing big boy things in the military. <laughs> like... I know you got married and everything. It was wild. I was like, look at him growing up. Man, went from playing Halo 3 to adulting. (laughs) About the same thing. Treated it about the same way. It's funny how things come full circle, don't they? (laughs) Right? Yeah. And it was a fucking bungee game that brought us back together. Jesus. (laughs) It was. That is so cute, guys. Hey, man, it brought us to you. (laughs) Yeah. It's like talking shit about the road that you're on now, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You hitched a ride, friend. (laughs) Oh, shit. But but it's at this point, right? We're talking about hitching rides and whatnot. But John immediately tells Blue's team and the first platoon, disembark. We're going on foot. And by the way, those four tunnels, that means that's an ambush. So be ready for that. And... These also these weird succulent thorn plants, they're all over the area they're in, and it actually feeds into the tunnel and kind of like it's kind of like on the walls and stuff. And like picture, picture kind of like a maze, and just little thorns on the side that bother you and and all this stuff. So, first of all, first platoon immediately hops out of the umbra and they set a fifty meter perimeter. Should be about half a football field. Blue team and the lieutenant proceed through this thick succulent wall toward the tunnels because they're going to first examine them before they send everybody in. They're a hundred paces into this march through the succulents and Fred hops on team comm to chime in some words of, of truth and wisdom. 
He's like, hey, I think the plants are reaching for us. John Come being again? the more... I, I, he... <laughs> I, 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 I need to... I, I'm with Brandon there. You need to repeat that. Because that sounded very the fresh. Plants are, the, the, the plants are reaching for them. The, the, the plants are moving. You know, people don't expect plants to be alive. But those fuckers are alive. They come back at you. They remember. They do remember. Yo, fucking Mark Wahlberg had to fight plants. That's when you know they're a threat. <laughs> so did the <laughs> and Rick Moranis. Yo, he had he had it the worst out of everybody. Such a classic though. <laughs> feed me, Seymour. Feed me. Oh man! Oh, holy shit! So the plants. So, oh, yeah, so I've never the, seen little shots. So the plants are reaching at them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're re- they're they they are non consensually reaching for their first platoon in the Spartans. So wait, so, <laughs> so in detail because we know that that um, Mister Denning he's very detailed. Where is the the plants grabbing? Does this turn into a, an, an erotic fiction now? I'm I'm so glad you said that. So. <laughs> At that go. point, John is like, "Hey, he like he 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 tries to be very rational. He surveys the area. He realizes there's like a wind gust or hot wind coming in, you know, to the base. And he's like, "Yo, it's just the wind." Until the lieutenant's like, um, "Homeboy, you need to look up. Fred is telling the truth." You know, John being John gives her a puzzled look, and he sees the plants wrapped around her sleeve and the leg of her battle uniform mm-hmm. all the way wrapped up as she says it feels like cutting up concert concertina wire so if you've ever read stephen king's the dark tower there's a particular scene and i guess that's the best way to compare it and we'll leave it at that mm-hmm. so that's all i'm gonna say but John's actually very optimistic about it because he's like, if that feels like concertina wire, that means it stole the covenant even more. Like John has a lot of pep in his step about reaching those elites and the Zot. They get everybody through. They push through these these you know touchy feely plants. Uh, they touch. They get through the creeper plants and they realize that the the tunnels in question they're about two meters high and a little bit over a meter wide. So they're large enough for a single file line. So if you've ever been to a haunted house, imagine that you're in a single file line running through it. And just to describe the tunnel a little bit, the light inside the tunnels was dappled and shadowy, dim enough to help conceal someone hiding a meter or two off the trail. And of course, course, each passage made a turn about three meters in, which concealed the rest of its length from view. At this point, now that they know they're going into this creepy, dark, serpentine tunnel, John decides it's time for a little team meeting, kind of bring everybody in. This It's not going to be email. When he summons everyone for the team meeting, his message, his auto-recorded message finally goes off. And he requests a Spivey line extraction for 20 people at their location in 15 minutes. Now, this line extraction, if you've ever seen the Dark Knight, right? Well, actually, just the Dark Knight, it's, um, that's all you need. If you've seen the Dark Knight and you've seen what happens when Batman goes to China, 
That's what the Master Chief is asking for. <laughs> that shit was so dope. It was one of the best scenes in the whole series. Hands down. Hands down. You never see it coming. And neither will they. So at that point, the PNT actually breaks calm silence and immediately confirms, hey, the extraction's coming. Be advised. Do not be late. And just a little side note, John was a little bit worried earlier about sending out this message, but because of where they're located now and they're really deep in the basin where a majority of the heavy fighting is happening. So he's not even worried about the covenant trying to like triangulate and try to find the message because they're more worried about not being blown out of the sky. All this is done. They start having their team meeting. Immediately, a young Marine is like, what is this line? Jesus a female Christ. Marine. Yeah, you know, you you, you know. A female <laughs> Marine by the name of Sawyer is like, don't worry about it. The lieutenant chimes in, she needs to cut her belly aching. But Sawyer lets her know she would rather die than ride on a hotline. Now, Brandon, I'm going to ask for your for your expertise the young Marine then chimes in that he would like to try this hotline. Is that like spies and fries? That's actually about the same response Fred gave him. Fred is like, great, you're going to love it. And then this this response actually reminded, Brian reminded me of Clean because he was like, is that an order? <laughs> For real. And you got to clarify. And John immediately kills the fun. You need to guarantee John it. tells everybody. <laughs> no, John ain't guaranteed. No, he tells them straight up. Cut it. First we murder aliens. Then we hotline. But there was one thing John didn't mention. One, one important thing about that little statement. He made sure he didn't mention all of us. Because he wasn't going to lie to improve morale. Oof. So it's about to get real. All right, boys. So wait a minute. You you mean to tell me it wasn't real in Netherop? In Emba? In Emba. <laughs> Bro, at this point, hey, everything on Netherop is a fantasy. <laughs> Nothing goes according to plan. Up is down. Down is up. There may have been an ancient civilization there. There were pirates. Um, yo, actually, Netherop is Neverland. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Netherop is let Neverland. My, yeah, the castaways. Let me get my seatbelt on then. Well, this is actually Skull Mountain, so you'll you'll definitely want to sit down for this, right? Yeah. So what they do is this. There's four tunnels, so each tunnel gets his very own Spartan. And behind that Spartan, they get a fire team. And that fire team will be 15 meters behind their respective Spartans, but they're going to be four meters space from one another. The passages serpentine, 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 serpentine. But the way that the passages are, are carved out in this tunnel, it's enough where the, the, the way that the Spartans are moving, they stay lined up with each other on their motion trackers. So that way they can kind of see where everybody's at. They can pick up as well as they can see how far the Marines are. And when the last Marine actually falls too far off the motion tracker, they get them to kind of report in and be like, Hey, are you good? Just to make sure that they haven't been jumped 
by the elites that are hiding in the tunnel. And yes, they are super fully aware that there are elites in this tunnel. It's just a matter of when. John is in the lead of his tunnel. He's looking out for tripwires. He's looking out for planted explosives and he like rigged traps. He's looking for all these things, but then he realizes like, yo, being super paranoid, they wasted so much fighting the crew of the Whitley. They're probably down to nothing. It was at this point, his motion tracker picks up five unknown hostiles. So to not give away the advantage that John now has, he keeps moving at the speed he's moving. And he says the camouflage on these elites were so good that he couldn't see them with with his non-enhanced vision in his Mjolnir armor. But he did mention that he didn't have the chance to actually look at them. He had to keep running straight like he didn't see them. Okay. John, hey. Oh, I said K. Okay, good, good. I'm glad you're listening. At this point, (laughs) John keeps moving and he just, he waits for that last Marine to draw even with the rear stop and immediately hops on team comms and tells them column one to your right. Now I need, I want to ask you boys a question. Ask away. How long do you think this fight went down? 34 seconds. I, you know, I was, I I was going to go, I'm going to go for like around the same. We'll say 35 We'll round it up a oh, little you bit. <laughs> you price is right, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be short because anytime you ask a question like this, it's always some ridiculous. Yeah, answer. it's always off cuff. It's, it's always a ridiculous amount, right? Okay, so I want you guys to take your guesses, and now I want you to apply D and D rules. How many seconds did this fight take? Because you said thirty-four, thirty-five. To... I'm gonna give y'all one more chance. I don't know how to fucking play that game. Was it every move is three seconds? I thought it was two. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, but. Yeah, not long. Let's roll fucking D20 to save this fucking podcast. I don't know how to tell you this, but you better roll with disadvantage, bud. Last, give me one more guess, boys, because y'all are both a little way too high. 12 minutes. <laughs> said too high? Perfect answer. You said too high. Whoa, 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 you said too high? Somebody doesn't read the directions when they get their fucking worksheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 30, 30 is way too high. I'm giving you one more chance. You eight gave them too much time. <laughs> eight. Okay, that's good. I like eight. Clean. <laughs> what you got? You said 34, 35 <laughs> seconds was too high. So what is it? Eight seconds? Eight seconds is Brandon's <laughs> guess. What's your guess? <laughs> He's going to be like 8.5. <laughs> Eight seconds and one cent, Bob. <laughs> I'll allow Bro. it. I'll fucking allow it. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going, I'm going for 12 seconds. I'm just going to go for 12 seconds. What the hell? Ha- do they do? Do they have a fucking a, a Moab with them or something? What the hell? <laughs> Remember, they don't got a Moab. They have a Spartan. Oh, you, so. same, same. It's, bad. it's basically what he said. Different, different, you know, just a couple years in the future. 
Okay, it's an updated. It's updated. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to read you guys the combat report. Massive ordinance <laughs> air bastard coming your way. <laughs> oh, Lord. He fired a long burst into the thicket, running it from ground level up to waist height. A form rose from the shadows, shedding armor, deflected rounds, and succulent stem camouflage, and managed to loose off a couple of wild plasma bolts before John's second verse put him down. Automatic weapons fire was sounding from the trail behind him. As Sawyer attacked the rear stop behind her, the lieutenant was leading the other two Marines into the thicket, one hand using the barrel of her assault rifle to bat aside the hook plant stems, and her other hand chopping at them with her combat knife, charging forward to flank the main body of ambushers, who had just realized their peril and were starting to rise from their hides, from their hides to redeploy. John rushed them, his armor shedding hooked succulent stems as he plowed through the thicket. All three elites turned to face him and were cut down when the lieutenant and her fire team opened up from the rear. It was over just that fast. Six seconds from start to finish. Damn. Brandon was closer. That whole thing went down in six goddamn Congratulations, seconds. Congratulations, Brandon. That's how my second kid was born. Go on to Plinko. <laughs> You're going to Worlds, buddy. Is there a You're virtual Planko? No, but there's one at Dave and Buster's. There has to be a virtual. No. Planko? Yeah, there has to be. There's like virtual everything now. I can play. You could play Monopoly on your phone for reals now. Yeah, but it's not. Oh, the I've same. done Monop- that. It's Monop- terrible. Monop- Don't do that. Go sucks. Don't do it. Yeah, it's oh, it's no, actually I, I, no, really bad. Board. Same I'm- same with um, what was it? Life. One with a little spinny thing in the top. Life- I could play the Steam version, but the last good Monopoly game was fucking Monopoly Plus back in like fucking 2006 when it came out, whatever, whatever, whenever it did come out. So I'm seeing a lot of gambling sites that want me to play Plinko. Uh-oh. I take back that statement. Yeah, you should. It doesn't exist. Just keep playing the real thing. Go to Dave and Buster's. What am I looking at here? Yeah, keep going on without me, boys. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna be I'm gonna be stuck here for a minute. I'm somehow watching an ad. <laughs> you're getting you're getting money for your game. Good lord! All right, here's the thing, right? That battle took six seconds, but we're five points in. We're five minutes into the twenty minutes that they have. And let's see if they're five minutes in. They got ten, so they got ten minutes left to kill elites and then be back for extraction. At this point, John and his team, they keep moving. The rest of the teams keep moving. And then three more times in the tunnels, you can hear each specific Spartan and their fire team taking care of their ambushers. And a little ways back, right before John took off, he kind of surveilled the ambushers. And it's pretty much the crew of the Lucky Break. They weren't elite fighters. They were elite pilots so they were not made for a fight with first platoon or blue team john has run through the tunnel it kept serpentining the elites even set up little fake traps to kind of throw off his motion tracker but he stuck with it he kept going and going and then he noticed that this thorny succulent plant started thinning out a little bit more and more and opening up more and more till finally in front of him, surrounded by this, this thicket of succulent thorns, 
200 meters in front of him, just in an open space, the lucky break is in front of him. 200 meters. For once, it seemed like, hey, things are going to plan. Not the case, because as soon as John gets out there and they kind of just kind of soak it in, like, all right, part two of, of this damn ship, the sky above them was not quiet. It was filled with missile trails and flame plumes, and then a fork-hulled shape of a Covenant dropship was swooping into land. And that's when Fred chimes in, well, that's great timing. I was afraid this might be getting too easy. <laughs> too easy. Um, boys, are you guys familiar uh, with a movie? Never watched called, a movie uh, before in my life. I, I know, you you poor man. You poor man. I, I'm going to defer this to Clean because Clean is the more sophisticated movie that's watcher. Clean, are you familiar with Wayne's World? Of course. Can are, do you remember the noise they used to make when they were Jesus. transitioning? I dude, I cannot recreate that. I don't know it. I don't remember it. You remember it was him and Garvin. They used to do the well, <laughs> and they used to wave their hands. Well, it looks like you just did it. I did. I did it. I did. <laughs> oh, he bamboozled you. <laughs> he did. He boozled my bam. I need. I need Garth's wig if I'm gonna do it again. But there's a reason, boys, why I did that. The reason why for the <laughs> is because in the book, there's a swirl under Fred's quote. And that swirl means our perception, our perspective of what's happening is about to change. change I can't even talk. Change. Because now we are looking at the battlefield through the eyes of Nazat Kavassier. Nazat is on his belly, crouched down, and he is thanking the gods for continuing to challenge him. But after running through this tunnel maze of pointy succulents, the terrible heat, the Spartans, the Marines. <laughs> That's a big part the, of it. <laughs> right. The, the, the covenant of the silent justice He's getting a little tired of being challenged. <laughs> so <laughs> he's keep going. I'm going to fuck yeah. up the whole podcast. Just keep going. <laughs> 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 trying to keep us on track. I know. I'm just trying to say <laughs> he's going live. He's going live. No, no. <laughs> keep going. Somebody stop me. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> he's laying here looking for a break. And he there he's in an ambush position with his last 20 warriors. This man showed up heavy to the Whitley. Battalions, tanks, he's down to 20 people. They're armed with carbines, plasma rifles, and they're ready to mow down the Spartans the minute they make a break for the lucky break. I see what you did there. Nah, but now that becomes an if because now the silent shadows just showed up. Nazat wasn't sure what was going to happen. He didn't want the Spartans to call an airstrike. He didn't want them to retreat. He didn't want the crew of the silent justice to win. All he knew was he had no idea what the gods had planned for him at this point. 
but he pulls a John for the first time. He's wondering why the hell are the Spartans here? Honestly, to begin with, he's like, they won the battle. He's like, I heard they were loading. Uh, this is my favorite. They loaded their servant soldiers in the Umbra, but why? <laughs> and he yet yeah, servant soldiers. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's about right. He's not far off. <laughs> and he he goes back to a time he he remembers on um on Barden's third moon. He remembers how like efficient, how vicious the Spartans were. And he's like he's like when they moved and when they fought, they did it with a purpose. He's like, but right now it just feels like they're showing up out of pure vengeance for what we did to them. But then that leads him to think about something scarier than that. He's like, what if they don't want vengeance? What if they found the luminal beacon? Mm. But he dissuaded. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, he's like, there's no way. He's like, even if they would have figured out what it was, the receivers for the luminal beacons are on the quiet faith. Quiet faith is like his flagship. And, you know, it's piloted by our boy. What doozy? And he's like, it doesn't matter. The receivers are on, on the quiet faith if it wasn't destroyed. But Nazat, being the drip god, he has powerful memory. And he remembers one thing. Waduzi is a competent captain. He's so competent that if death showed up at his front door, he would be gone before it could even ring the doorbell. So the opposite of Petra. Exactly. Man, this is your last time talking about Petrov. Oh, did she die? Don't don't make him don't, oh, don't I'm so don't excited. Make that <laughs> don't don't get him excited now, Kevin. Don't don't do that. We already we just caught we just I'll, calmed I'll, him down. I'll put you on the same list as Linus, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Brandon, I'm gonna need you to take clean out for a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> the sexual tension. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so what correct. I remember. I'm not that's, gonna say it. Yeah, don't forget. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just, they're shaking with a cigarette in my hand. <laughs> oh, and and that's the funny thing, right? He thinks about Waduzi, and that actually leads him to think about his crew. Even though Waduzi is Waduzi, he knows he's loyal. He just got to be there in person. But everybody from the lucky break to the quiet fate to his warriors, like they're loyal. They get like they have my back. And it's at that point, Lakoshi, his protege, his right hand man, whispers in his ear, We need to take the sword to the humans now. Because they haven't been doing it for the last twenty five hundred years, right? Well, the war just kicked off for them. So it's still kind of fresh, but they're they are laying down an ass whooping. And they and they at least just don't see the level of ass whooping they're dropping. But Nizat tells Lakoshi, have faith. The god sent the Spartans to take out the dropship, take out the crew of the silent shadow. Lakoshi responded, I'd rather trust my blade. Damn. From what he sees, he could see that the dropship from the silent shadow is now between the entrance to the tunnels where the Spartans are and just and right in front of the lucky break. He realizes they haven't shot down the lucky break. 
he's starting to realize some things. They, number one, need to confirm his death. Number two, the fighting with Task Force Pantia up in space is getting so bad. They don't have the assets for a plasma bombardment. And three, the most important thing, he knows they're not going to get rid of him or that ship until they confirm where the luminal beacons are because it's a holy artifact. And because of that last one, because they wanted the beacon so bad, he knew that would keep them alive. Well, Lakoshi breaks up this, this, this little situational conversation Nazas having in his brain and he pipes up how long they're going to stay on their bellies because he refuses to die on his boom. And what happens is the last part of that statement, it gets drowned out by the sounds of infidel rockets. The best kind of rockets. So let's read out the scene, boys. The last part of Lakoshi's senses was drowned out by the roar of infidel rockets streaking away from the thicket. They hit the silent shadow troop carrier barely a second later. Four quick stomach banging detonations that blew both forks off and sent the craft sent the craft crashing to the ground in three flame trailing sections. Lakosi turned to Nazat, his mandibles splayed wide. Have we been saved? He started to rise by our enemies, by our gods, Nazat corrected. He put a hand on Lakoshi's shoulder and held him down, but not yet. Wait. So the Spartans are already kicking into action. They're in disbelief that the Spartans are taking them on. And Nazat is hoping, praying that those elite elites from the silent shadow if you guys remember, they sent them a very serious diss track a couple episodes ago <laughs> saying they were going to murder them. <laughs> so he's so hoping as track. hard as they... <laughs> Yo, that's what it was. They sent them a diss track. They sent them a religious diss track. They're over, they're over there sending haikus to each other, insulting, insulting their moms and shit. <laughs> Yeah, and remember, yo, and they would be in petty as shit by pushing the ship into the human frigate to fight. <laughs> so he's hoping they're as hard as that message was that they're harder. And they did not fail. Immediately from the ashes or for the remains of the of the dropship, at least eleven of them rushing out of the flames with their carbines and fuel rod guns booming shredding the hook plants where the Spartans and their servant soldiers laid hiding. More infidel rockets shriek from the thicket and the clatter of their weapons filled the air. The energy shields of the silent shadow attackers began to crackle and flash with overload static and the brave warriors began to stagger as infidel bullets punched through their armor. All right. I've mentioned this movie enough times on the podcast, but I'm going to mention it again. At this point, from Nazat's perspective, this turns to 310 to Yuma. Only one goal is to get on the goddamn lucky break. Bro, I just watched that a couple a couple weeks ago too. Oh God. So I'm feeling I'm Chills. feeling this energy right now. Yo, it is at that moment, that pivotal moment, Nazat sees that firefight with um with the Spartans and, and the elites. He screams, now, now we go with the grace of the gods. 
Nazat starts booking it. So his plan is he needs to kind of cut. He needs to loop it wide to kind of stay out of the firefight between the Spartans and the silent justice. So that way he can get behind the destroyed drop ship to give him cover. And then he's going to beeline it to the lucky break because the lucky break, there is a crew on there and he made sure they didn't man the guns because if they man the guns, the ship couldn't take off. And because they're now just manning the flight aspect of the ship, the minute Nazat touches that damn ramp, they are out gone. So Nazat is booking it. He's working his plan and he notices four of those elite elites catch him and they realize what he's doing. But before those elites can do anything to him, they get gunned down from flanking fire from the Spartans. Nazat was panting and staggering. He's saying it was so hot he could feel the ground burning beneath his boot soles. Holy shit. So they wear boots. They wear boots. <laughs> yes, that is confirmed. Part of the puzzle is that, that is some world building right there. You know I love world building. <laughs> they got Tim's. The elites wear Tim's. <laughs> oh, you, so it's not Rockies or Nikes or anything like that? It's Tim's, bro. It's the way they be pulling up on people with those swords, it's you, Tim's. What am I talking about? Nazat's the drip god. Of course he's got Tim's. Come on, man. My man rolls with God, yo. You know he got a giant uh, <laughs> rolls with God uh, crucifix. That old, that old hickory, right? Yo, and and mind you, yo, he's hauling ass. He's saying he could feel the heat beneath his boot soles, and that his brain at this point is swelling. There's a problem though, as him and his boys are midway approaching that wreckage, they see the last elite elite drop. And immediately he sees those Spartans and they're already putting the pressure on him and his people. Nazat says he could see the orange contrails of like the muzzle fire (laughs) and his shield starts flickering from being hit. But by the gods, he made it. He makes it behind the wreckage. And not only did he make it, Lakoshi make it. Bro. Made it as well. He, our boy made it, but he made it with six other survivors. Fucking goof troop came through. Yeah, but remember, they started with 20, and they're down to eight. <laughs> they're down to eight. War. People. War never changes, man. <laughs> War. Oh, Lord. So he realizes the rest of them fell. Nizat took a moment and he's like, you know, the will these pious, loyal warriors, are they worthy enough to join the forerunners? He wasn't sure, but he told himself he would see to it personally, some way or somehow. Nice. But at that point, he felt a hand on his elbow and it's Lakoshi screaming, Fleet Master, come. They were 70 paces from the lucky break to freedom. Right there. That last scene in 310 of you with the right at the goddamn train. <clears throat> 70 paces ahead. The boarding wrap of the steadfast strike, the lucky break, was already halfway down. And Nazak could see the arm of an eager crewman waving them forward. 
Then Nazat glimpsed the crescent-winged silhouette of a gigas fighter bomber <laughs> descending out of the low brown clouds <laughs> beyond the frigate. <laughs> and an instant later... God damn. There was, <laughs> instant later, there was nothing but the crewman's arm tumbling oh God, through the Joe. air toward the... <laughs> That's that's not very gigas. <laughs> not very gigas. Holy Towards them, shit. silhouetted against the blinding bright ball of an erupting plasma bomb. What the fuck, Denning? <laughs> what did this turn into? <laughs> like this. TLDR, he made it to the ship, but as soon as he started running toward the ship, a stealth bomber showed up and bombed the ship all the way back to Jesus the beginning of time. Christ. <laughs> God damn. So, <laughs> back to the quote. An erupting plasma bomb. An eternity later, Nazat's armor clanged against stone and he began to tumble, having dropped back to the ground after being hurled who knew how far by the pressure wave he bounced across fist sized rocks until he finally ran out of momentum coming to rest with his back pressed against the boulder. The startled cries and pained wells of Lakoshi and the rest of his team ringing inside his helmet. But Nazak could not just sit there and soak it. And he literally kind of sort of came to his senses a little bit and already immediately hit the deck because he was worried about snipers. Mm. Um, I, It's safe to say he has a concussion because it talks about how he couldn't really see anything. All he could Whoa. see was lights. and That's, that's not know. how concussion protocol works. Um, he's going to have to get bribed back onto the field. Uh, he plays for the Dolphins. It's fine. He'll oh, okay. Yeah, then it's all good. Yeah, yeah never mind. I'll shut up. Moving right on. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> this ain't our first rodeo. <laughs> so he, he sees all these things, right? And then he notices something in particular. He noticed this one thing or blob entity in the, in the dust just shooting lights everywhere, missiles and plasma. So he starts crawling toward it slower and slower. And he realized it's it's still the Gigas fighter bomber hovering. <laughs> Gigas. Gigas. And it's hovering now over a crater. And that crater is where the lucky break used to be. <laughs> nice. So, so this whole fucking book has been a goddamn rug pull. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. It, it's not a rug pull. I said three ten to Yuma. You've seen it, so you know the train how it makes it. That's what I was about to say. Like, there's a happy ending to that story. This isn't. This this is not happy. This is the complete opposite, Kenny. Don't we're we're getting to the happy ending. Trust me. I hope so. At least for no, one person. None of this is three ten to Yuma. Yeah. Boss. Just you wait. This is not very gigas. It's not very gigas. Alright. So <laughs> something worse happens to Nazat. Way worse than a plasma bomb. Three figures are walking through the dust. And the closer they get, if if there's a way to summarize, he 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 pretty much whispers shit. Because it's not just three random figures, it's three honor guards. And it's not just three honor guards, it's three honor guards from the high charity 
Um, we haven't gone over it, but just know the high charity, that's the last place you want honor guards coming from. Two sounds, of them are sounds really nice. Uh, it's like Got a mega a, church. I think they give out free sandwiches. Sounds great. You know, that's actually the best way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to the grunts. Oh, don't worry. They always get their comeuppets. <laughs> Vengeful little shits. Here's the thing, right? So they pull up. Two of them are clad in red and yellow armor. Now, one in particular, his armor is of this like weird, orangey, ivory tinge to the point that Nizat's like, I don't know if I'm messed up, but it, it really looks like gold right now. Like homeboys rocking full gold, booster gold armor. They approach Nazat and found out you guys are about to learn a saying Healy insult. So is when it they the pants, is it is it going to hit the algorithm? No, no, pants are staying on. It's is it better not than squeaker. A, no, nothing, nothing will be better than that. And you still need to make that a thing. Is, you have plenty of time. Is it the cheese room? Is it the hard R? <laughs> the level of disrespect I feel like it is it is the hard R in the cheese room so <laughs> essentially what happened is when they when if you're saying Healy and you pull up on another saying Healy and if you don't palm your energy sword what? that's your way of saying you're not a threat to me what? oh that's fucking gangster you mean like how they so do in, like that. how they do in the streets of Newark? They just, so, you know, they. So you're telling me it'd be like two Wild West cowboys <laughs> meeting Newark, each other, and then like if you didn't draw your gun and just have it in your hand, not necessarily aiming it at them, but just in your hand, you're like, I can still outdraw you. Exactly. That's fucking tight. I love that. That's my new favorite culture. <laughs> and it, and, it and clean, it's Newark. You're right. It's Newark. It really is. Like you. you they they give each other the you know they put the fist to the chest, you know do it twice and they go on with their day. You know, everyone goes to the same bodega, man. Bro, yo, that little notebook got everybody. We all the same, and we all all the owner. <laughs> nope, <laughs> the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it got the pen tied. They put a little string on it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, yo. Nazat said the fact that they didn't even bother to palm their swords. He's like, if I wasn't so beat and tired, I would beat their asses for that disrespect. But guess, but guess what? They're kind of right because you can't do shit. That's <laughs> they're kind of right, right? Like they're not wrong. Don't oh, if of the drip god, motherfucker! If <laughs> talking about now, it, it's it's like when you it's like when you salute an officer and they just walk right past you. <laughs> yeah they hurt you I understand that they just look at you and they scoff and they're just like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> or you do that thing when um, when we're like you know how some of the specialist rank looks like really like <laughs> bad yeah. and it just you so say you're not sure if it's an officer or not and you, you, you salute anyway and it's just another fucking specialist <laughs> you got the fuck and you both just look at each other and you're both just like now nah, we're we're both stupid. They got, they got the they got oh, they got Lord. the they got the old specialist fucking Velcro tag from like six years ago. <laughs> and they're still a D four. 
It's, it's got the red dirt. It's got the red clay stain on it that won't come out no matter fucking what. And they excuse it to be the fireproof one. The fire. The fire. <laughs> <laughs> what did they do to you, boys? You, what did they do can, to you? You don't know because, like, the the regular uniforms and the and like the fireproof uniforms, the color is so distinct and it's so different. You you literally can't look at somebody point at them and be like, "Are were you laying in clay?" <laughs> oh shit. Like, no, it's it's fire, fire, whatever the the other word is that they use. And, and uh, retardant. That's the one. Yeah, I couldn't even think about it. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. Oh. <laughs> you think with how big our fucking military budget is. <laughs> you know what it is. The bigger the budget, the more dumb shit you want to do. That's the problem. Yep. Like if you lean it out a little bit, it'd be lean and mean. But if you give me an open paycheck. I'm buying. I'm buying random bumper cars. I don't know why I need them, but I'm buying them. Yeah, but you, I wouldn't. Doubt yeah, but it. you know what? The UNSC proves that there's no budget because they've been using the same material since 1954. It's been don't forget the ice, ice cream. cream. It's been a whole <laughs> thousand years. It's it's funny. Hold that note about budgets and finding things. Just just hold that note. That comes. You back. know, the it's kind of like how the army doesn't own its own slogan. Or right, icon, right? It, yeah, they they third party that out, and that came back to bite them. They re, they've been third partying that since like the eighties, as far as I know, probably further back. They got Kang the Conqueror. Nope, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> oh man! Also, I'm not done with Nazat's punishment. It gets worse. Okay, oh, so shit. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry, he wasn't right. a threat. I forgot about him. Yeah, he's not a threat. He wants to attack. <laughs> How dare you, you know, say terrible things about the Drift God. I forgive you for right now. and Because <laughs> you can't prove me wrong. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you don't have to like what I say. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> so at this point, Nazat takes a moment and he's like, damn, I really thought I'd die a lot more, you know, bravely. But given my current <laughs> options, <laughs> those ain't it. <laughs> so... He's like he looks at this ultra, this yeah, because the guy in the in the gold armor, he's called he's the ultra of the group, and he asks him, he's like, hey, could you do me the you know the favor or the kindness to answer one question? That ultra takes a minute to look at him and be like, I will do no such thing. You're gonna tell me where the luminal beacons are now, bitch. Nazat boozles his bam because he's like, yo, it's it's not that simple. Um, I need you to tell me what ships of mine are still around so I can tell you where the luminal beacons are. And the ultra was like, you got me there. <laughs> so <laughs> he relents and he's like, okay, only two ships from your fleet got away. The silent truth and the quiet faith. Would Doozy fucking survived? Those are the ships? Those were the two ships, the silent truth and the quiet faith. Would Doozy is the captain of the quiet faith, and that's where the receivers of the luminal beacon are. Nazat knew, and, and Nazat understood, okay, he made it out. 
I know he's not going to try to fight Oni with just two ships, but my plan can outlive me. And he was good with that. So what he told the, what he told the ultra was the luminal beacon were on two other random ships of his that got destroyed. So the ultra, he kind of gives him like that Indian, like one tier kind of look, give it that it was their like religious relic and he truly cared about it. So he kind of gives him that look and he's like, all right. So Nazat being a G, he then proceeds to put his arms out because just for you guys to know as punishment, apparently the saying Healy amputate each other's arms and legs. That's a thing. I love this culture. What happens after? That's not what happens today, though. So Nazaga gets ready to amputate his arms, and the Ultra's like, uh, "What are you doing?" <laughs> He's like, "You know, the fuck is this then? <laughs> you trying to hug me, <laughs> no, big boy? Like, huh? A little piss I'm pants? Just over here. A little pissy I'm, boy trying to give me a hug? I'm just over here about to pray. That's all." <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, um, we have actually something else in mind for you. So the Ultra looks at his his red and yellow armored lackeys. Chief's colors. Take his nice. armor off. Wait, what? Take the Drip God's armor off? Take the Drip God's armor off. I mean, there's no pants to it, so. Wait, does... Does everyone look like a McDonald's worker here? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you were paying what? No. Uh, well, see, but it's not just Nazat. He then goes on to say, after you take Nazat's armor, go ahead and take Lakosi's armor and the armor of everyone else that followed Nazat. Because we're not going to kill you. We're going to maroon you. You're not leaving. Like Napoleon. Damn. And here's the last thing the Ultra tells Nazat. A pity you were unable to return the beacons. At least then you would have died with your helmet on. Oh my God. And that's the last that we hear of Nazat in the final chapter. Are you serious? And now we pick back up with Fred. Just as good. <laughs> John had barely registered Fred's wisecrack. I was afraid this might be getting too easy before the Covenant dropship moved into position. John not even thinking immediately immediately tells everybody whoever has rocket launchers and ready fire so a fan of smoke trails shot from the thicket and barely a breath later four rockets hit the dropship four quick stomach banging stomach banging detonations the craft lost both carrier forks and crashed to the ground and three flaming sections good now he needed a plan. John checked time until extraction. They had six minutes and 29 seconds and realized simply simplicity was best. Kill aliens, then get the hell out of there. After lighting up the drop ship, right? 
John and his team think they're done. So John is trying to figure out where the hell are the other 20 elites we've been chasing? Because there's no way 20 of them ran through this tunnel and then just miraculously disappeared. But John didn't have to think too long because that's when the elites of the silent just are kicking out of like this burning drop ship and they start firing. He didn't think anybody could survive that crash, but there were 11 elites in dark red armor that emerged guns blazing. So the Marines response to that was more rockets. They're shooting grenades from grenade launchers. Blue team and first and first platoon. They unload everything. And as they're proceeding to massacre these elites, John realizes these are the special forces elites that's been tailing them from planet to planet. The ones that showed up um, on Kelly, the ones that him and Fred took out earlier. These are those same elites. And that kicks something else off in John's head. Did I just walk everybody into this trap? Because he realized they're kind of pinned up in this weird succulent thorn wall there's the drop ship and then you have the lucky break and you have 20 missing elites and he's trying to be like oh god what did I just do but he can't even process that because as soon as he thinks that 20 hostile contacts appear on his motion tracker so John is trying to absorb all this information, all these things that is happening at once. And he knows the last thing you're going to do in an ambush is lose your cool. That's the last thing he needs to do. And then he looks down at his timer and now we're at four minutes and 14 seconds. By now, John is killing the last of the super elite elites. And he knows there's no time to think. So he immediately tells first platoon retreat and hit, hit the, hit the extraction blue team. We're going to take out the remaining elites, AKA Nazat's crew before first platoon could say affirmative. He tells them to go. Don't think just action, move, move. They have four minutes from there. He orders Blue three and four. He orders Linda and Kelly keep, keep maintaining suppression fire. Him and Fred are going to move up and they're going to take out the elites. John and Fred start blasting. But they realize they're not fighting aggressive warrior elites. They're shooting at tired elites. They're shooting at people who are sunburnt, beat down and tired. And by the time they were done with their magazines, they dropped 12 of them for a permanent nap. After that clip, at this point, the sky is erupting. There's lights, there's explosion, there's falling ships everywhere. At this point, John has no choice but to order Blue Team to retreat. And they start hauling ass back into the tunnels. But right as they hit the tunnel entrance, that's when the plasma bomb hits and they actually get sent in flying. They get through the tunnel. John does some kind of like acrobatics and stuff. Typical Spartan acrobatics instead of just running. And they make it to the extraction zone. Just like Nazat. 
they started with 20, 20 people in, in first platoon. By the time they hit the extraction, there's only seven of them left. And at this point, that's when the Pelican comes in. It literally does the whole Dark Knight pull up. It pulls up. They drop the wires. John starts having everybody wrap it around. John ends up being the last person on the wire. So he has to deal with the most force. They drop it. The Pelican comes back and they all just start flying up into the air. So at this point, you got 11 people shooting up in the air. John being the last person. And he truly gets to see the the ravine, the plateau, all these places, this, this, this sensor place we've been mentioning all these episodes. The higher up he goes in the Pelican, he can truly see it. He can see the mountainside. He can see the rectangles, the hexagons. He sees all the different shapes. And he realizes this plateau, this gorge, this basin, it's not just a mountain. He sees it for what it is, and it's a city. He realizes, holy shit, there was a civilization here. There was a thriving civilization on this planet. But eventually, everybody gets pulled in. John's the last one. He gets into the troop bay. People are, like, celebrating. They did it. They survived. Yeah, I remember the doctor Stockton. She pulls up. Master Chief, you did it. Congratulations. You're going to change the tide of this war. And what she means by that is the shield delete is on the Pelican. The same shield delete that has a luminal beacon inside. And Oni plans to study it. And she's talking about all this technological advances. It's going to help change the tide of the war. And John really looks at this woman and hopes... That's true, because if it doesn't, they're done for. Then from there, he kind of looks around the, the troop bay and he sees the cast offs. He sees Roselle. He sees Samson. He sees Lena, Arnie, Oscar, and then three randos he doesn't even know. He, co- he goes over, he talks to them. Lena, you know, she's joking with with John. She's like, oh, my God, I thought you were dead. And then John hits her with the famous line, Spartans never die. You know, we all cheered and ah. And he's having a good time with the cast offs. And then he turns to the captain of the Pelican. Here's the thing about it, right? I told you guys there were four Pelicans that went out. Why would this particular Pelican show up to pick them up, especially with the body of the elite. That's That was the heavy package. That should have been back on the Pantia before anything. Well, you see, she lets him know when they first got deployed, one of the Pelicans got shut down, got shot down, and the two that were at the Whitley were already packed to the brim So they pieced out. And it's at this point, something hits John in the face. But before John can say anything, Kelly's like, wait, 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 wait. She's like, if we lost a Pelican, she's like, what about the crew of the Night Watch? If you guys remember, Petrov left her crew. They're dead. 
they didn't make it. I mean, and they weren't. They were in that nuclear hazard zone from the eruption of the Night Watch. So the people that Kelly left, they have passed away. At that point, John realizes we're not we're short nine people. Because there's three seats on the Pelican they're on that are empty. So it's at that point, the only captain, doctor, whatever you want to name her, she then informs John, one of the spiders didn't make it. At this point, John starts looking at Roselle and he's like, tell me you didn't do what I think you did. Roselle responds, Petrov's spider didn't have enough energy. And I'm sorry, John, I totally thought it had more juice. I just, I didn't know we had to take out the coal bins to make room for the elite's body. Then Lena pipes in, I mean, Petrov volunteered. And Roselle's like, yeah, she did volunteer. And I even think I heard her saying, something about Netarot being a great deep space base. And that's a throwback to how Petrov was trying to get the cast offs to stay. So John is in disbelief right now. John is like, y'all did not just leave this woman. Like I've, he busted <laughs> his ass to make sure nobody got marooned on this planet. And he's like the cast off set her up for the kill. So John looks at the captain of the Pelican. He's like, he wants to know. He's like, what do you know? And she's like, listen, I don't know what happened in the gorge, but I managed to contact Commander Petrov on the way to get you. John's response, and this is the quote, the commander made it very clear you were the priority. The crew chief said, in fact, her exact order was get the Spartans and get the hell out. Roselle may or may not have set up Petrov, but Petrov ended up ruining herself to save Blue Team. And died for it. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of Halo Oblivion, boys. Wow. For now. For now. But it's time for that blog. We got one more thing. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's not that's not the true ending. But to sum up the, the ending ending, essentially we get an episode of Jag <laughs> where <laughs> it's it's a it's an episode of Jag because essentially what happens is we meet up with Vice Admiral Preston J. Cole. <laughs> He's really doing stuff. He's moving up in the world, right? <laughs> Is you got you got Coltrane, we got uh Dr. Halsey, she's there. Um, two two lawyers, <laughs> one for the UNSC, <laughs> and but let me rephrase that. There's a lawyer for John and the Castos, and there's a lawyer for Petrov. Essentially, John actually pulls up, he's actually in his uniform whites, like he's dripped out for this this episode of Jag. You know, they start talking and, you know, they asked for a sit rep, like, how's everything? John was like, you know, everything went to shit. Nothing went according to plan. 
we met these pirate kids. Like he starts telling the story and the, and the only lawyer is kind of looking at John like, Hey man, I got some questions for you. And John's like, okay. And, and mind you, John's whole thing is he's going to tell the truth. He's not going to lie for anybody's behalf. He's just going to say what happened. And that's it because he knows if he misspeaks or he tries to lie, he's completely boned because they pulled the audio from the uh, the Mjolnir armor. So he can't bullshit even if he wanted to. Well, they asked John a couple questions like, hey, did you promise that if the castoffs helped you, you would get them XYZ ship? And he's like, yep, we did. And we're going to get it for him. And like the only lawyers trying to make like this whole hub of Baloo about it. Coltrane's like, Hey, what kind of ship y'all want? We were like, we want this ship. He's like, done. You'll get the ship. What's next? <laughs> and the lawyer's looking at him like, what? And he's like, all right, whatever. Next question. Did y'all maroon commander Petrov? And John's like, not exactly <laughs> like there was a, not like I was busy fighting aliens. By definition or by what. situation, because those are totally different right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, this happened. He's like, question. He's like, did Petrov tell you to leave the cast offs? And John's like, Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, did you tell her about this particular law, subsection A, 1.5? And he's like, I did. I did say that law to her. <laughs> Bitch, you recorded it. You know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and he's like, you know, she was right. It was not illegal to leave them. Like, they had all the right in the world because they were at, quote unquote, war. They could have left the cast offs again, <laughs> just like their ancestors. But they don't have any proof to prove that Petrov didn't maroon herself. All they have is the last comment of, hey, get the Spartans out. And that's kind of slightly saves John's ass a little bit. As well as the cast offs, they're like denying everything. Like, hey, man, we didn't do anything to her. She tried to maroon us. <laughs> We're just... We're just, you know, waiting for the end of our bargain. Player got played, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so here's the next thing, right? And then they were like, okay, all that. Okay, you're getting the ship. Petrov is marooned. and But actually, John's like, hey, we are going back, right? Like, we're going to go back to get them. No, we're not going to go back to get them. And he's like, what? familiar. <laughs> he's like, you see, after, <laughs> right? <laughs> all the UNSC. So essentially what the Covenant did after they pieced out, they completely mined like pretty much the whole orbit of Netarot. So nothing's getting in the planet. And like that whole section is now being patrolled by the Covenant. So they got to give it up. There's no way they'll ever be able to go back. For now. So Petrov is maroon maroon. There's no deep space base that they're building there. It's done. She's on Netarot for whatever left of her life. So all of that's been established. They're getting the ship and then they ask the cast offs. They're like, hey, 
where do you guys want to go? And it's at that point, they're like, we want to go to Gao. Gao is the giant rebel planet that hates the UNSC. (laughs) And the biggest UNSC defector and traitor is on Gao. And they're like, uh, we're not dropping you off there. (laughs) That ain't happening, dog. That's a big no. (laughs) Mind you, that's the lawyer. That's the only lawyer. (laughs) Coltrane's like, okay, we'll drop (gasps) you off there. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you, you, we'll, we'll drop you off on Gal. <laughs> and the cast-offs, earlier in the meeting, they didn't realize that was John and his dress whites until he started talking, and they were like, you're a kid, like us. Um, Complete side note. But they actually invite John. They're like, hey, man, you know, if we survive this and the war is over and, like, all this, they're like, hey, why don't you come visit us on Gal? Oh. <laughs> and he's like... I might take you up on that, but maybe not right now. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. There's a lot of a lot of stuff There's going of on. The whole and, war oh, and lastly, like they that. super yeah. Also, they super threaten the castaways. They're like, "Hey, y'all don't say shit about the Spartan program while you're on Gal." And this is from Coltrane. He's like, politely, don't say nothing about what you've seen and what you know about the Spartans, because if you do. We will show up. So and that's from Coltrane. Coltrane. Like saying the sky's blue then. Exactly. And then this is the last, the last, last thing, and we are officially done with this Oblivion. Is a movie? I was gonna say, man, like Jesus fuck, get to the credits. <laughs> this is this is worse than the fifty hour cut that Brandon sent me. <laughs> it was so good. There is a woman sitting alone on a planet covered by a hood. She's carrying 17 little water jugs sitting around a fire. Wake up just a couple meters away, hidden in the shadows, is Nizat and Lakoshi, along with the surviving elites. They're watching what could or could not be Petrov just sitting there by the fire, all these water jugs in her BR. And Lakoshi's like, hey, we got the numbers. Let's take it. Let's go and get it from her. And Nazat's like, wait, just watch. And Lakoshi's like, bro, what are we waiting for? Like, we're hot. We're hungry. My balls is we hot. We got no clothes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's like, yo, we need to act now. But Nazat, being the drip god that he is, he's like, look, she has plus 10 water jugs. Do you see anybody around her? He's like, how do you know if we approach her, we won't get ambushed? Or better yet, how do you know that she won't just give it to us? For now, we got to watch and we just got to have faith. Cue the Michael Bay credits. Linkin Park starts playing. Thank y'all for coming to my TED Talks. We finished Oblivion. No, we didn't. So bad news for you. Two weeks ago, (laughs) Oblivion got a follow-up. What? (laughs) I shit you not. On August 8th, 2023. So we need to... So we need to... Pretty much fit that. He needs to read that and we need to fit that in. 
for when we come back into Halo. Not not that. <laughs> nope. We are <laughs> That's not. Brandon's job. Nope, because guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> it is a little bit of a time gap. So it's not right now, but we will be coming back to Nether Up. The name of the book is Outcasts. Oh my god, it's the it's the Petrov Mazat team up. <laughs> so So yeah, it literally just came out August 8th. <laughs> oh my god. The day god. of recording everybody is August 17th. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yo. Wow. Oh, this shit ended up being two hours. Oh my god. Yeah. I will I, I have one yeah. short thing that I want to say about this. There was something that like I really like about the Halo universe. And I, I love that they kept the tradition of naming their ships these, like, random names, right? Kind of like, you know, how, like, a boat captain would or something. Like, it's just normal. And, like, you know, through time, ships have gotten bigger. You know, we're now coming into an age where now we're about to start to have passenger spaceships now, right? And I it's just cool to to hear these stories of like these massive ships because when you hear like when you hear like a, a a ship sinking like the titanic and then you hear like the lucky break just fucking ceasing to exist anymore you know the, it, it it builds really cool stories I, I think that's very interesting lucky break the pantia you know what the, you know what pantia is I don't. I actually yeah, it was do a, not. It was a, it was a woman who used to cover her face because she was the most beautiful woman in Asia, and anyone who would look at her would fall in love. And she was married to a warrior, and the warrior died, and the king came up to her to tell her that her husband died, and she didn't have her face covered, and he asked her to marry her, and she killed herself. <laughs> She ended up killing herself because she was so devastated that her husband died and she was buried next to her husband. Damn. It has that another meaning. It's like something like, like all gods, like something <laughs> all the gods or something like that. But it's it's pretty interesting stuff. I mean, all the names are badass, though. Oh, no, they really are. about that, like, Breath of Annihilation. Day of jubila- Jubilation. The Whitley. Enduring Conviction. The Whitley. The Whitley. <laughs> Dude, the Covenant have the best ship name. Shadow the of series. Intent. <laughs> Sublime Transcendence. Lawgiver. <laughs> Ascendant Justice. They're so good, man. How many people died on the Lucky And Earth got what, Bodie McBoatface? Um, it doesn't say, but given the fact that a majority of the flight crew died in the tunnels, I'd probably argue maybe like maybe 10 people <laughs> probably on the lucky Damn. break. And that's a guesstimation. Yeah. Cause everybody in the tunnels was flight crew that those weren't elite warriors. So they, they literally gave up their lives for Nazat. I'm going to name that my Starfield ship. The Cavassier. Actually, that's not a bad one too. <laughs> Mind the rapturous arc. The rapturous arc. I thought it'd be something like Samson. <laughs> Samson and the Samsonite. <laughs> Samsonite. There it is. All right, boys. It's gone way too long. Last final words. <laughs> final words. Send them home. Um, 
see you in the gallows. Be, be Gigas. And then I don't know. Did anything else memorable happen here? Plinko. Gigas Plinko. Gigas Plinko. Yeah, that's the name of your shit. Gigas <laughs> Plinko. All right. No, but uh, yeah. So we will be returning here. And the way Halo is going, it'll probably be eight years from now. But we'll come back to another op. So. Oh my god! I can't. Why would they do that to us? Good news is good news. Good news. It was written by Troy Denning. Oh no! You know what's gonna happen, right? They're gonna have him fill like all the gaps for all their all the books. Yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. Anywho, but all right, uh, we're yeah. Bye. All right, later, y'all. <laughs> Boys. Thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher uh, to stay up to date on all things lore. Also, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to leave feedback and make suggestions on what series to do next. You, Me, and Lore is an original podcast written and produced by Brandon Weiner and Kenny Gomez. We do not own the rights to any of the artistry. All rights are owned by their respective companies. Sound and editing by... Kenny Gomez and Brandon Weiner. Intro composed and played by Achilles Amistad. Transitions and outro composed and played by Sam Gibbs. Both can be found on Fiverr.com. For inquiries, information, and feedback, please visit You, Me, and Lore on Facebook or email us directly at youmeandlore at gmail. Bye-bye.